Hi, this is John Miller and I'm the Naked Business Coach, stripping business back to its bare basics. In our last episode, I gave you a very brief overview of some of the things that you need to consider when you're putting together a business meeting. What I'd like to do in this episode is actually take you through a business meeting framework, which is a little more detailed and will take a little bit more thought. But if you've already put the last episode into place, this is going to be so much easier. The first thing you need to do when you're considering any business meeting framework is to ensure that there's an assertive leader for every meeting. It's recommended that this opportunity be rotated once the meeting has become familiar and functional to give everybody a chance to lead and direct a meeting. There must be, at all times, a stated purpose for the meeting. When meetings are first introduced, the purpose is to become familiar with parts 1, 2 and 3 of a business meeting format, just to keep the business running smoothly. But later on, you'll actually be able to make sure that you can get into some more detail, but clarity around purpose is really important. A time frame must be stated up front. How long is this meeting going to run? What time does it start? What time does it finish? Simple, but usually forgotten. Remember, like most things in time management, tasks will take the time that we allocate. If we don't allocate time to a meeting, it'll just drag on and on. Or finish too early and means that everybody's missed out on a great opportunity to get together. The next point, agree on meeting ground rules. You've got to spend a little bit of time first up. That way you can actually gain an idea of what your team wants as meeting ground rules and review them after a few weeks to just check that those ground rules are still valid. Renegotiate the ones that aren't. Let me give you some examples of ground rules that other teams that I've worked with have come up with. One is that it's a safe zone, free of violence or threats. We don't want people getting upset, but we do want honesty. The next, there's no rank in the room. I don't care whether you're the CFO, the managing director, or the toilet cleaner. You have to have everybody on a level playing field. The next is if you've got something to say, say it here. Don't bottle it up and take it outside. The next is really important. Ensure that meetings start on time, not that people are arriving around that time. Be on time for all meetings. That's being there, ready to start at that time. The next, always ensure that you do what you say you're going to do. If you can't be trusted to follow through, there's many other things you won't get trusted with. The next, seek assistance and guidance whenever necessary. You don't know everything, and that's okay. Make sure that when you need some help, that you ask for it. The next point is don't wait to be asked to offer help. Oftentimes, people with great skill sets and abilities just don't stick their hand up to help each other out because they don't want to make somebody feel bad. It feels worse when they fail. So step up, offer that help, and you'll see that it's gratefully received. Always be upfront at meetings. Don't play games. Don't be passive-aggressive. Just be upfront and honest with each other. Honesty and integrity are really key important moments, whether it's in or out of the meetings. Next, listen and hear what other people are saying. Be present. Don't listen to what they're saying so that you can formulate your response. Listen and really hear what they're saying. Even if you don't agree, 
The reality is what they're saying may in fact be true for them. And that's okay. You're allowed to disagree with them. But just be present and be respectful and courteous. That then rolls into the next point, which is be willing to have an open mind. If you don't have an open mind, you're going to lose so many opportunities for personal and professional growth. And next, but certainly not least in the ground rules that other teams have come up with, is to use I statements. Now normally we talk about there's no I in team, but the reality is when you're talking, be specific. I'm happy with, I wish we could, I'm not happy with. That's the sort of thing that you want everybody in the team contributing. The next thing I want you to do is to look at developing a problem-solving process so that things just don't degenerate into a crying, whinging, whining session. Make sure that you come out of it with a problem-solving process around maybe brainstorming, focus groups, project teams, mastermind groups. Make sure that you actually have it there. Now, when you're looking through making decisions, I want you to think about four quadrants, and that's a pretty easy way to look at it. Quadrant one is, I will decide, meaning me, the business owner, I may choose to explain to my team why I've made a decision, as it may be valuable training for them to understand the process, but ultimately, as the business owner, the decision is mine. Quadrant two, when you're classifying decisions, they're things that we will discuss, and then I'll make a decision. So as a business owner, again, I'll hear your ideas and your suggestions. I'll take those things into an account, but at the end of the day, the buck starts and stops with you as the business owner, so I will decide. Quadrant three, this is where you get the team to decide on things, where we'll discuss and I'll share you my thoughts and ideas and suggestions, but I'm happy that in this situation, you, the team, will make that decision. And by making that decision, you will actually accept responsibility. The next quadrant four, is when you decide. I trust you, but if you have any problems, just work it out together. Sort out as much as you can as a team and consult with me as needed. And that's a real tough one for most business owners because you're giving them the opportunity to come back and help you drive your business. So far, you can see it's not easy, but let's have a look at it. Time will determine which tasks you put into each quadrant and as trust develops, then more end up in three and four. The questions to ask are determined by which quadrant you use. I mean, have a think about it. What's the worst that can happen if the team makes this decision? Is it life or financially threatening, or doesn't it really matter? Can I live with the results if they're good enough? Now, good enough could be the results 80% as good as what I could have done myself, that you're happy to give the team a learning opportunity so that they can grow and develop. The next is, what's better use of my time will I make if I was freed up from this task? Are there other things that you can do more valuable for you and your business, more profitable, more positive in the outcome if you are freed up from making those decisions and empowering your team to do it? Just to finish up, Make sure that you set deadlines for each action point and expect total accountability. Once appointed, if the person setting the task can't do what they promise, they must find an alternative person or way of completing their task. Make sure at every time you document every single action point 
so you've got a record to refer to. Second from last, review the action points. This is done next time you meet so that tasks can be noted as complete or needing more input. And last but not least, occasionally review the meeting process itself. What's working well? What's working not so well? And what do we want to do differently? If you follow this really simple business meeting framework, in addition to the last podcast that we showed you around business meetings, together you'll achieve a much more positive and uplifting outcome. This is John Miller, the Naked Business Coach, stripping business back to the basics, and I hope that you've enjoyed it, and I look forward to seeing you next time.